0: Another
1: digital another digital another digital citizen
0: Another digital citizen another digital
2: citizen
1: another digital citizen
2: another digital citizen my patriotism my patriotism my
3: Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to this very special actually super special episode of another digital citizen why is it super special, Luke?
4: Uh, it's the anniversary of some type, but I don't even remember my own birthday, so why would I remember what year this is? Uh, <laughs> I'm from I, I, everybody. I, honestly, <laughs> is it six? Are we in six, six years? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, six
3: years. Yeah. <laughs> six years ago, me and Luke got married and decided to do this podcast together. Let's go with that.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm, yeah. Totally what happened. Yeah, we got married in a, what, Thailand, so it was totally legal. <laughs> Thailand. Was that the only place where it was legal six years ago? I have no idea. I did just make that up. <laughs> just thinking of, like, the most obscure, not necessarily obscure, but, like, the most kind of, like, lawless kind of place that I could lawless think of in Thailand. It's, like, yeah. very, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, no, um... Uh, and uh, six year, we're still here. Are you ready for another six
4: years? Uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, if anything, if if we do it last another six years, this podcast is going to be completely different in six years because from when we started till now, the podcast is completely different. So, can't imagine it's going to stay the same six years from now, right?
3: No, I mean. <laughs> I am going to talk a little. I'm going to use a little time here talking about uh, things we've done lately that I think uh, we have done correctly. I like taking away the main topic was uh, the lifeblood of this podcast. To be honest, I mean, not having a uh, main topic every week has saved this podcast.
4: I feel like well, I don't
3: know if you agree to that
1: or not.
4: It, especially since. Uh, the end of kind of the lockdown, lockdown part of COVID. I don't want to say the end Mm -hmm. of COVID, but like when we were really, really in lockdown, um, right after that, I started getting very busy with things like work and personal things and stuff around the house and uh, animals. Mm -hmm. I have like three baby animals that I'm dealing with right now and stuff. So like Mm -hmm. just being busy, being busier than before uh having n- not having to do a main topic like which w- before I wouldn't say it was the biggest thing to deal with because like the news is still like an everyday thing you have to think about oh, yeah, when yeah. we're doing yeah. the podcast so like I would say news is probably more time-consuming but when it came to th- time-consuming things it w- the main topic was always mm-hmm. uh one of the bigger things to have to deal with when it came to doing the podcast yeah mm-hmm. um and especially when it was a very complicated subject, something that was mm-hmm. like very intensive and we had like 20 pages of stuff to read through and like mm-hmm. remember and mm-hmm. memorize and stuff like that was, mm-hmm. I mean, that's hard. That's so much more, uh, what's a word for it? intensive to deal with than just how we're doing it now, which is kind of more free flow and kind of like, I don't know, more la- laid back maybe. I don't know. What do you, mm-hmm. how would you describe it?
3: Yeah, no, I I think that's one of the things that has saved me from going insane is I feel like there's more room uh, for us in the podcast, Uh, and I think that's one of the things I like most about the podcast as well, that we have given uh, uh, room for talking more in details about the news, about things we care about, uh, and... TV and entertainment has become uh, a bigger part of the podcast. After we also took away the main topic, and that is what what I care about. I mean, if we if we like split this podcast in two, like I I I care about news. I do right. But I I I care even more about like movies and TV. That is kind well, of well. Yeah, I
4: mean passion. I would say, uh, well, when it comes to like putting together a news segment for the show Mo- mm-hmm. like I gather a lot of news and fro sends me news but I would say probably mm-hmm. what would, would you say 60 per- 65 70 percent of the news you send me is probably like entertainment news i would say fro is like the entertainment news correspondent (laughs) of the show because like most of the the entertainment news that you hear like during the tv and movie round is coming from Mm -hmm. fro like sometimes i'll Mm -hmm. find a random thing or whatever but most of the time that stuff is like fro's department of the podcast Mm -hmm. and most of like the news news stuff i would say not all of it because it's you yeah yeah but you send some stuff
3: Um, I I usually usually focus on Norway news. So if you hear Norway news, that is probably me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, it's probably you.
4: And then, yeah, so I think that's the other thing is like, when it came to like the main topic, like Mm -hmm. we were saying, it kind of, because of the way we structured the podcast, like you do some things and I do some things, when it came to the main Mm -hmm. topic, it kind of became like, uh, something that we both were doing, but mm. neither one of us really had like uh, passion for it. All, not all the time, right? Because no. like, well, sometimes we would be totally pa- passionate about a main topic. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we and we
3: still we still have things that we are going to keep, like well, like we talked about when we we took the uh, the main topic away. When we're doing the end of the year thing and things like that, we know we're still going to do that. Because that's one of the things we like the most as well. But uh, the research of, of different topics, time after time after time, trying to find a weird religion, reading up about that weird, weird religion, focusing on that, reading their website. like It's very time consuming when you don't feel... A hard passion for it. Sometimes it would there was passion for the topics but we talked
4: about. I think about, especially more towards the beginning, because as you... Like you said, there's only so many weird, funny things to talk about. Mm-hmm. So uh, over the course of five years or four years or however long we were doing the main topic... Like Mm -hmm. the best stuff we started with, or maybe not even the best stuff, but the things that we were most interested in and certain Mm -hmm. things popped up that we didn't know about maybe later. And we were like, wow, this is really interesting. I want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But in between Mm -hmm. those things, a lot of the stuff I wouldn't say was filler, but it was stuff that like, okay, we want to talk about this, but it's not necessarily as engaging as other things that we've done, like uh, Mm -hmm. other crazy religions or whatever. Um, mm. But I still feel like doing those main topic things also um, kind of gave people an idea of who we are. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily... I'm not s- mad that we did the main topic no, as no, a no. thing that because like, me neither. Me neither. I feel like yeah. it's it showed us as people... Because we kind mm-hmm. of discussed things that other people normally wouldn't discuss, I guess, and we went mm-hmm. in depth into it. But going so in depth into things is really like we, like I said, time consuming and and mentally draining to a point. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You
3: know, I uh, I know. I also think a lot of the energy shifted when tell tell tel- tell. T- 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 Tilly left the podcast, that was hard for me to say. When Tilly left the podcast, the energy of the podcast uh, also changed, and we didn't really
4: know how to balance it without her. Well, anyway, so it, it, felt, it wasn't just yeah. like, oh, it wasn't just like a moment in time. It was like, oh, Tilly's gone now, because that didn't no. really happen. It was like Tilly, no, kind of slowly, like. For a few weeks, it was like, okay, she's going to be here, maybe she won't be here, and then a month Mm -hmm. went by, and it was like, we haven't seen Tilly, and then she'd show up again, and then it was like, oh, maybe she's back. She'd be there Mm -hmm. for a few weeks, and then she'd be gone again. So, Mm -hmm. it was a very slow thing of Tilly leaving. It wasn't like, Mm -hmm. Tilly was like, okay, I have to go now because I'm having a child. It was like, she wanted to keep doing it, but things kept coming up, and yeah, and... We totally understood that, and we were totally yeah. fine with. Um, and then, to a point, she was just like, "All right, this having a child is way more intense than uh, than I want to have to endure while still trying to do a podcast." Which I can understand mm-hmm. that completely. So it mm-hmm. wasn't so. When it comes to like us transitioning from that type of podcast to our podcast, it was slower than just being like, "Okay, Tilly's not here anymore. Let's change things." Because mm-hmm. Tilly was there, and mm-hmm. it slowly kind of morphed to her not being there. Because every mm-hmm. once in a while she would show up, and even now every once in a while she shows up, right? So,
3: mm-hmm
4: yeah. But it's a different, gr- uh, it, it is uh, d-
3: different going from a group dynamic to a, to a duo dynamic. And I, I think that's something I wasn't uh, as aware of uh, in the beginning. And I think that's uh, kind of sometimes when, when there was uh, some kind of fiction, friction, it it will, would lead to, yeah, uh, it was mostly my fault to be hundred ten percent
4: honest. <laughs> oh, well, well, I think we talked about this, like, what, last year, so I don't think we need to go over it again, but, like... No, 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 no. Uh, There, like, when there were three people, uh, one of the problems, I think, is that, like, two people could be talking, and then the other person mm-hmm. wouldn't be talking to them, and then even if it wasn't, like, something that was bad, let's say you were just like, oh, Fro me and let's say me and you were talking and I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. Tilly was kind of being silly the other day and uh, about mm-hmm. something about this topic or about the podcast. And mm-hmm. that could become something other than it was because then the third person is being left out of that conversation. And mm-hmm. then, then yeah. it's like becomes a whole thing. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't say that happened a lot, but it was like, well, it, it's just something that happens in those kind of situations. And it, when it's two Definitely. people, it's like, okay uh we we're more able to be like all right do you have a like when i see something That fro doesn't like or i feel like oh i don't think fro wants to talk about this i'm like fro do you not want to talk about this and fro can be like no i don't want to talk about this and then we'll be like all right well fuck it let's not talk about that (laughs) whatever do you mean (laughs) but with with three people it's like you got oh you don't want to talk about this well what do they feel about that Mm, right
3: so mm, mm. yeah anyway congratulations uh holding out with me another year is uh take guy what I'm going to say. Um anyway, uh let's go into the news. Uh Trump administration. Uh what were, they were a good ad- administration, right? Right, right, right. We love Trump here on this podcast. Uh, oh we don't? Oh
4: no, no. no. Oh, oh. Even though people say, say we do sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> accuse us yeah. of being Trump supporters sometimes Yeah, when it's convenient for them to accuse us of that <laughs> and then when it's not a, a convenient they, they accuse us of being socialist so it depends on <laughs> depends on how you're feeling that day what you want to call us
3: <laughs> that is more or less correct yes uh, I love it. But yeah,
4: t- talk uh about their plan when it comes to Julian Assange. Look, uh, CIA officials under Trump discussed assassinating Julian Assange in 2017. Uh, senior officials during the Trump administration discussed adu- abducting or even assassinating WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, according to U.S. reports citing former officials. Uh, discussions on kidnapper killing him took place in 2017, according to Yahoo News, when fugitive Australian activist was entering his fifth year in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. Uh, CIA Director Mike Pompeo uh, was furious about the publication of Vault 7, a, C- a set of CIA hacking tools, which was leaked by WikiLeaks, a breach which the agency determined, well, which the agency termed. Uh, its biggest data loss in history, Pompeo and the CIA leadership said they were completely detached... Uh, oh, CIA leadership and Pompeo were completely detached from reality because they were so embarrassed by the Vault 7 release. Uh, Yahoo cites a former national uh, national security official as saying. Uh, wow. He says, they were seeing blood. Uh, oh, he's talking about <laughs> the CIA. Some uh-huh. senior officials inside the CIA and the Trump administration went as far as to request sketches or options uh, for killing Assange. Uh, wow. There seem to be no boundaries, said a former senior counterterrorism official. Uh, the kidnapping or murder of a civilian accused of publishing and leaked documents. With connection to t- terrorism, would would of course have triggered global outrage. The CIA has declined to comment on the story, of course. Wow. Really? What a
3: shock. CIA doesn't want to talk about their operations? That is so strange.
4: Right. Uh, mm-hmm. The US prosecutors have accused uh, Assange under the espionage of seeking to assist Chelsea Manning in the hacking of the military computers and network to obtain classified uh, documents. Uh, This is a violation of the Espionage Act. The use of the Espionage Act in the case is heavily criticized by human rights groups who point out that it opens the door for use against investigative journalists in general. Right. Which a big Mm -hmm. thing about this is um, what we found out from this release by yahoo news is that the cia one of the things they were trying to do is classify julian assange not as a journalist but as a separate entity so that they could because under the obama administration the reason they didn't ever go after julian assange was because he was considered a journalist so what the cia was doing was they were like well what if we call him something other than a journalist Mm. If we change that classification, then we can create this thing and we'll call it something different, and then it won't break these journalistic laws that we have in the United States. But what what's the problem with that? But then then you can just call any journalist this umbrella term, uh, and 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 go after them. Specifically, the other person besides Julian Assange in this report, they were saying they were going to call Glenn, Glenn Greenwald also. This term for not a journalist uh, to try to go after him as well. Who um, Glenn Greenwald is is the person who uh, helped Julian Assange uh, release or helped Edward Snowden. Sorry, release these uh, the the Snowden documents. So, yeah, uh,
3: watch uh, Citizen Zero for a very good documentary about that. But yeah, no, uh, this is atrocious. I mean, it, it's it's not even atrocious. It's just like so against everything I believe in. Like, uh, I'm pretty a, sure it's yeah.
4: against international law, not just what you believe in. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's against every
3: law. But yeah, no, I, yeah, no, this this is not really helping me in 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 in, uh, in in trusting Trump if he returns to the White House to be fair. I think we should be even more scared now.
4: Well, I th- I think the other thing is let's talk, well, we have a video to watch of the response of the of the Biden administration to this. Um, but I guess let's go into really quick something we talked about last week, which was Russiagate and mm-hmm. the fact that we found out uh that this lawyer had lied about Russiagate uh, the from the Clinton administration gave these uh Documents to the FBI, but lied about where they came from uh, and his reasonings for giving them. And now we're seeing that the Trump administration was going after Julian Assange, something which wasn't the narrative during all of Russiagate that Julian Assange and Trump were working together. Well, this yeah, seems a lot like they weren't working together to meet. Maybe I'm the crazy one. Maybe I'm the conspiracy theorist over here. But... <laughs> yeah. No, you're,
3: you're, you're crazy when you think that. You always, you always kill your best friends and allies. Look, yeah, you, come on. You always try to assassinate the people who are helping you <laughs> helping to you. win elections,
4: right? That is, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, it's, I think <laughs> (laughs) The whole time, especially during the, when we were being accused of like being pro-Trump or being pro-Russia or whatever, I always, this was the thing I always said. I always said, we we don't necessarily think that Trump and Russia aren't working together. What we're saying Mm -hmm. is that the WikiLeaks release has nothing to do with it, right? That was our whole Mm -hmm. thing is like, how does Julian Assange and WikiLeaks connect to this? Because that doesn't make any sense how these three things could all be, colluding together. Right. But that was our biggest argument. And now we have this coming out saying the exact thing that we were like (laughs) trying to put across to people and nobody's right. So that whole concept of like Russia gate, I don't understand how anybody can still follow that line of logic, but I still see articles talking about this, this, uh, Julian Assange being attacked by Trump and saying, um, well, the reason they were doing it is because the Russians wanted to to extract Julian Assange from the Ecuadorian embassy, and the CIA, Mike Pompeo's CIA, their plan. Did you read all the plans? Like, one of the plans was to r- drive a car into I, uh, the car that yeah, was taking so, him away to try to yeah. escape to Russia and get into a gunfight in the in downtown London. <laughs> Love shooting out you know another one another plan was shooting <laughs> out the tires of the plane on at the airport. Do you think the mm-hmm. British government would be super down with just a gunfight in the streets of London? Right? Like mm. but the thing is the the London government was in discussions with Pompeo about this. So it wasn't mm. just the US. The, the the British government was also talking about uh kidnapping this man so it, it it's multiple governments uh, that we're talking about but the White House responded when asked questions about Julian Assange uh, a few days ago do you want to watch that
3: yeah I, I for people that want uh, my response to everything uh, go back and listen to the uh, episode that is called apology letters please and that is all I am going to say. Okay, let's talk. Uh, let's see what I said uh, when they were c- question about Julian Assange. I uh, can I just say wanting uh, uh this general lady, I've seen her on TV. She's atrocious. She's <laughs> like I don't understand her at all. She's maybe the worst press secretary I ever seen in my entire life.
4: All right, the you know what the job of a press sec- secretary is, right? Yeah, it's being a uh, uh, talking head. It's being a liar. Your job is yeah. to lie. So yeah, right. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, in three,
2: two,
1: one, play. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Um, I've been trying to ask this question for months I appreciate you taking it it's a freedom of the press question members of the administration knew recently as we talked about the importance of journalism to democracy the president also made a point of saying his presidency was different from his predecessors
4: right so that was that's is another thing is. why is Biden keeping the continuing Trump's
2: what attack on Julian Assange
4: if he doesn't yeah. talk right. about
2: human rights we'll
4: talk about, about that in a second Iraq, I guess
2: and does the president believe the ongoing detention of Assange is reasonable even moral given the transparency delivered and the greater good served well, I don't have anything new to say on the uh, on Julian Assange, and I would point you to the Department of Justice on that. I would say, though, that we do think of our... That was
4: what Trump said. Maybe you should talk to the Department of Justice about the last
2: that. few years mm. as it relates to freedom of the press. And I think the Department of Justice's actions as it relates to uh, the prosecution of journalists or how we're going to look at or go after records, something that the uh, Attorney General made an announcement about, the President has spoken to, is very clear
4: evidence of exactly that. Of events of exactly that. That wasn't even a song?
2: sentence. Again, <laughs> I have nothing new, I have nothing new to speak to on Julian. Assange. This is something that I emailed you about months ago, so there's been time to I understand. Discuss this. I, I, understand. I still don't think... I don't have a new comment from here. Go ahead. Don't want to okay. I have one more. Okay.
4: So even yep. the reporter was like, I sent you this question months ago and you you still got yeah. you have you got nothing for me. Okay. Alright.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Uh, Did uh, Pompeo say anything about this? Right, because obviously, if you go through this Yahoo article, the biggest person uh, basically accused of being so mad at Julian Assange is Mike Pompeo. Uh, In his first public comments since the Yahoo News investigation, uh, Mike Pompeo said, oh, Mike Pompeo said he makes no apologies for the Trump administration's actions to protect... real national security secrets he said, this is a quote I make Mm. no apologies for the fact that we and the administration worked diligently to make sure we were able to protect important sensitive information from whether it was cyber actors in Russia or Chinese military or anyone who was trying to take this information away from us Pompeo declined to deny the individual allegations in the story, saying only that Yahoo News sources didn't know what we were doing okay hmm Yeah,
3: that is uh, kind of weird. Not kind of weird, even. It's just atrocious.
4: Right, Uh, it says here, as I was talking about, uh, concerned by what they believe were plans by Russia to sneak Assange out of the Ecuadorian embassy, Wikileaks, oh, and onward to Moscow, CIA and Trump officials also discussed crashing a car into. Russian diplomatic vehicles carrying Assange and ripping him out of the vehicle, potential gunfights f- mm-hmm. gun with cre- Kremlin operatives in the streets of London, shooting out the tires of Russian planes carrying Assange before it could take off, among other measures, according to formal officials. Uh, Pompeo did not respond to multiple interview inquiries by Yahoo News and, detailed, uh, and a detailed request for comment sent over a two-month period prior to the story's publication. Like we said... Uh, mm-hmm. they this has been being studied for months. This story is just now coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. so these people had plenty of time. Jensaki and uh, Pompeo had plenty of time to come up with some type of explanation. Uh, they knew for months that this story was being done, and they chose mm-hmm. to not do anything or come up mm-hmm. with any type of explanation as to why this happened. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it all comes back to uh, he, what was released by WikiLeaks at that time. It was that the Clinton team screwed over Bernie Sanders to get the nom- nomination in... That was what was released by WikiLeaks, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Is that uh, the, the Clinton campaign was using tactics against the Sanders campaign that were illegal. Um, Mm -hmm. That was what was released in these documents. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then Vault 7 came out, and the CIA CIA was really upset about that. Um, But, I mean, when it comes down to it, they've always wanted to go after Assange. They just didn't have a reason to, and then once the Vault Mm. 7 thing came out, the CIA got really upset about it, and they're like, well, we're just going to murder him. And you'd be like, oh, Mm. well, Trump is terrible. Uh, This Trump administration is awful. Well, look into the time that Hillary Clinton told a group of people that she wanted to drone, uh, use a drone to kill Julian Assange. That was said by Hillary Clinton. So I don't think either side, like, is uh... Innocent in the situation, Spring, yeah, right? Scott Spring, yeah, yeah.
3: you know, then that that is kind of uh, hard. I think that is hard to swallow for for both sides of the argument that uh, If we had gotten Clinton uh, in the seat instead of Trump, nothing would have changed with Julian Assange Absolutely nothing.
4: But I think that is the proof is in the fact that Biden has not taken away the charges after yep. taking yep. office. If yep. if they were so concerned about press freedom, as like mm. Jen Psaki just said in this interview, or, uh, or in this press conference, I mean, if they were so concerned about press freedom, when he got into office, he would have dropped the charges. Or even more, when the... Remember the Icelandic... uh Hacker who it turned out was Mm -hmm. working for the CIA and had lied Mm -hmm. to the US (laughs) government and to the (laughs) courts. And then we found out all the evidence was fake? Maybe that would have been a good time to have dropped the charges. And that was under the Biden administration. So, you know what? Fuck all of these fucking assholes.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Both
4: of them are Talking about charges,
3: uh, Prince Andrew accepts a U.S. service of sexual assault case lawsuit.
4: Right, Prince Andrew. Um... has acknowledged through his lawyers that he has been served with a lawsuit by a U.S. woman who says he sexually assaulted her, clearing a hurdle that has stalled legal proceedings for several weeks, which we've been talking about for several weeks. The acknowledgement was confirmed in a joint agreement signed by a lawyer for the Prince and approved by a Manhattan federal judge. The court paper said that Andrew had been challenged... Uh... Oh, had been challenging acceptance of the lawsuit until lawyers spoke to him on the phone September 21st and a, and an agreement was signed three days later mm. uh, delivering the lawsuit to the defendant is usually a routine matter but it can be more complicated when a defendant resides uh, outside the United States you know in a well uh, that's pretty obvious. Um, yeah, I don't think that's the main problem. I think the main problem is that he's a part of the UK
3: royal family. I think that is a bigger problem than him living outside the United States, to be fair.
4: And I think it's a combination of both, for sure, yeah. Yes, yes. Because, they did, like we talked about last week, the re, the way they got the the papers to him was through his Los Angeles lawyer, not through right. the British lawyer. right? And right here it says, Los Angeles attorney Andrew Butler, who signed the paper for or on behalf of Prince Andrew, acknowledged the prince was aware of the lawsuit fro and mm. had argued in a hearing this month that Grufferi's claims were baseless, non-viable, and potentially unlawful. Okay. Unlawful? Uh, like, it, if you sue somebody, at least in America, there is a, it, it, there are laws against suing somebody for... Uh, Th- for something that didn't happen. Uh, specifically, ah. like, let's say, uh, a baseless lawsuit against a company. Let's say you pretend to fall down in a store, a grocery right. store, and then you sue the grocery store chain, and then they see the video on, uh, you know, from the store cameras, and it shows that you purposely fell over. Uh, that can be, that can be, then you can be charged for for falsely, uh, suing this company uh, by the because you're wasting the court's time there's a lot of reasons why that why that would be the case but I don't think that's the case in this situation let's go to
3: Norway where I can confirm there was a rowdy celebration that erupted in Norway as covid restrictions ended after 561 days that is a long ass time
4: Right. Police in Norway on Sunday reported dozens of disturbances and violent clashes, including a massive brawl in Nordic country, in the Nordic country, uh, in Nordic countries' big cities. Okay. Well, I guess that makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, streets, bars, restaurants, and nightclubs were filled with people celebrating the end of the COVID-19 restrictions that lasted more than a year. The Norwegian government abruptly announced Friday that most of the remaining coronavirus restrictions would be scrapped beginning Saturday. Uh, the unexpected announcement by outgoing Prime Minister Erna Solberg to drop coronavirus restrictions the next day took many Norwegians by surprise and led to a chaotic scene in the capital of Oslo and also elsewhere in the country. Uh, hundreds of citizens across Norway started Saturday afternoon and lasted until the early hours of Sunday. Police said unrest was reported in several places, including Bergen and the central city of Trondheim. But the situation Mm -hmm. was the worst in Oslo. I can
3: confirm that. Um, My dad uh, (laughs) my dad just like sent me a message like there's riots in Oslo and I go, what? There's riots in Oslo. And I'm I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) People are celebrating. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So that was a big thing in Oslo. And also I live uh, in an apartment complex where there is a lot of youth.
4: Okay. And they had a lot of parties. You could hear partying it up. I, I, mean, I guess I'm not surprised, but... Yep. Uh, do you think this has anything to do with the fact that the, the prime minister is leaving and she's just like, fuck it, I can do whatever I want now? You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm beginning to wonder if that is definitely a part of it, because the numbers, uh, I think I I linked you this two weeks ago, are on one of the highest. Like, why open now?
4: Well, I mean, at the bottom of this this article from AP, it says 76% of Norway's population have received one vaccine dose, 70% uh, have had both shots. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: And that is the reason why why they open
4: up. I can understand why. I don't agree. <laughs> is that okay? Um, Somberg responded to criticism of the sudden move to reopen society by saying that the Norwegian health experts had supported the measure. Yeah. Okay. So... That is true. Among other incidents, Norwegian media reported that the police received an alert about a man carrying a machete on a bus in Oslo and people fainting mm. while going, uh, while going into pubs. I, yep. I don't understand why that matters. Uh, because people were were drunk. Oh, they were drunk. Oh, they were fainting because they were drunk. Okay. Yes. 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 Oh, all right. well, I know you Norwegians like to drink. I mean. Do we? Uh, that's uh, don't you have like a word specifically designed for like the day after you drink too much? That's like just a word yep. that only yep. exists in Norwegian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah,
4: <laughs> I have. I have no clue
3: what you mean. Fyllersuk. Yes, <laughs> we have that word. Fyllersuk. I think. It,
4: what is like a a way to like. Uh, compare in, it into, in, into English, like the fear, I think they call it in... Yeah, the, 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 the fear. fear. Yeah. 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 Regret of what you did last night. Right, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it in a, more than one word, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: let's go to Costco. Costco, that is hard to say. Uh, they are limiting toilet paper and water purchase uh, because of the Delta variant.
4: Right, Costco uh, is. I don't know you. Obviously, I don't. Do you know what Costco is? Mm-hmm. Right, okay. I know, but but it's it's not uh, in Norway. Right, Costco's cool because it's a employee owned business. So uh, the employees uh, who are they are the owners of Costco. There is no like mm-hmm. corporate giant corporation or whatever. Uh, well, I mean, there is, but it's owned by the employees themselves. Uh, so I I support Costco uh, in that way because I, I I think a lot more businesses should be like that. But they're like a warehouse uh, supermarket type thing. But they all, they sell everything. I mean, they sell TVs. They sell computers. They sell beds. But they also sell groceries. So, uh, but in a call with analysts on Thursday, they had re. Uh, Costco has reinstated purchase limits on items such as toilet paper and packs of private-labeled Kirkland water to prevent shortages as customers are buying up more and more of these items as the spread of Delta variant uh, as Delta variant is spread in the US, uh, Costco said in in the call. Insider reported that Costco's purchase limits earlier this month, Costco has not previously confirmed which items were limited or that the limits were a reaction to spikes in demand, but last month Costco shoppers began saying there were toilet paper shortages, and some customers said uh, they may stockpile on the item because there are shortages. Uh, I, I mean, we talked about this when
3: when uh, Australia was it that uh, all of a sudden was empty for toilet paper. Remember that when no. the COVID came, <laughs>
4: yeah, in Australia.
3: Yeah, Australia. Uh, Australia had this uh, all of a sudden had this sort shortage of of uh, toilet
4: paper. Well, I mean that it happened wasn't... in America too. I mean, it wasn't just Australia. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it happened a lot of places. I, well, I'll talk about that in one second. But uh, it says Costco imposed the latest limits in reaction to the uptick in the Delta related demand," uh, said a chief financial officer on Thursday. So th- they're reacting to. Uh, people buying up stuff because of the Delta variant, because it's... Mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's... The places it's surging are are more in, like, red states, and so they're reacting to Mm -hmm. that more than other things. I think one thing about toilet paper that I remember hearing, like, when the initial kind of toilet paper shortage or toilet paper run happened, is, like, when you go to a grocery store, think about a grocery store aisle of cans of soup, fro how mm-hmm. many cans of soup can you fit on a grocery store aisle? A lot. A lot of cans of know. soup, right? And it'd be very hard to buy up that many cans of soup because they mm-hmm. don't. a can of soup doesn't take up very much space on a shelf, right? How much space does one 24-pack of toilet paper take up on a shelf in a grocery store aisle? A lot. Uh, a lot. A lot of space. So to yeah. buy up an entire aisle of toilet paper is not mm. very it doesn't take very much, right? No, no. So, but what happens is then people see that empty aisle of toilet paper and that's mm-hmm. what causes the panic buying is because they're like, oh my God, the toilet paper is running out. But what they don't realize is that an aisle of toilet paper is not that much toilet paper. No. Right. So the that's where this pan that's what I think causes the toilet paper panic buying instead of like, in, like especially at the beginning of the pandemic, people are like, why aren't you buying like i said canned food rice uh, you rice. know beans things that like you actually need in this kind of situation yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the reason that people aren't panic buying canned good canned goods is because when you go down the canned aisle there's still plenty of cans of food because a can yeah. of food doesn't take up very much space on the shelf that's my yep, yep. personal opinion as to why this panic buying stuff happens um and i understand oh, I remember... oh, go ahead. Yeah.
3: No, I especially remember uh, there was a problem in Australia, where people were buying it uh, in bulk and selling it on eBay for the highest price.
4: And yeah, they they made that maniac. They made that illegal in America during the pandemic. It was like there was one yeah. person they arrested for. He had bought up like seven thousand dollars worth of hand sanitizer and was selling them on mm. eBay for like you know triple or quadruple what they what he had paid for them so he was like mm. and yeah they made that illegal because it's it's exploit exploiting exploiting a you know pandemic i guess but
2: uh, yeah
4: uh, terrible humans I, I mean at the time it's funny to think about cuz at the time masks were like very it's were really hard to find and now if mm-hmm. i go down to like the local convenience store by my house uh, they mm. just have free masks, like sitting next to the door, if you want to come in and you forgot your mask. Yeah, like you yeah. can just get a free mask yeah, at the yeah. at the local at the same local Seven Eleven, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
3: The same here. Yeah, yeah, and that's that, that's one of the things that I, I think we will see more of after this pandemic is uh, has calmed even more down, is that uh, uh, masks will be more available. I think that's a good thing though, but that's another thing.
4: Uh, Yeah, it's just, this is kind of showing um, that maybe this pandemic isn't going to die down if people don't uh, take it seriously, this Delta variant, at least in America, because there's so many still unvaccinated people that uh, it can be a whole new kind of pandemic, right? Where it's a pandemic Mm -hmm. within a pandemic, a pandemic of... People who are, aren't willing to accept that a pandemic is happening. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So,
3: why are we talking about someone called Joshua Allen? Joshua Allen. Right. Uh, how do yeah.
4: you... Alion. Alion? Alion. Alion. Why are we talking about him? Uh, Josh Allion worked as a real estate agent in uh, Pomp... Pano Beach, Florida where he used the handle South Florida's Favorite Realtor uh, to urge Mm -hmm. buyers on Facebook to move to Florida. Uh, But online data revealed uh, which we talked about last week at the end of the show right? Mm -hmm. During the Jeremy round we talked about the hack of Epix. The data revealed by the massive hack of Epic is an, an internet service company popular with the far right signaled a darker side as Alan's. Alion's name and personal details were found in invoices suggesting he had once paid for websites with such names as RacismInc.com, WhitesEncyclopedia.com, ChristiansAgainstIsrael.com, and TheHolocaustIsFake.com. <laughs> <Oopsie>. <laughs> the information was included in the giant troves of hundreds of thousands of transactions published this month by... Anonymous that exposed previously obscured details of far-right sites and launched a race among uh, researchers to identify hidden promoters of online hate. After Leon's name appeared in the breached data, his brokerage uh, that he worked for dropped him as an agent and first reported by the real estate news site In Inman, the brokerage yeah. owner Rick Rapp told the Washington Post that he didn't want to be involved with any anyone with thoughts and motivations like that. Alion told the Post he does not own racism.inc, hol- a Holocaust denial, or web address, but declined to say if he had ever owned them in the past. Uh, but in screenshots of his account, uh, of his epic account, which was sent to the Post, the information and from four other domains he currently owns matches his, his own private records, that can be found in the breach uh, ask why his name and email address and personal information were listed for racism <laughs> Inc and Holocaust denial dom- domains Allian said the data was easily falsifiable and that uh, it was <laughs> fake it's fake news from <laughs>
3: uh, talking like a real Trump supporter. Oh, yeah. fake news.
4: Right. Uh, the Post publicizes publicized the material obtained through hacking only with caution, only after verifying its authenticity and asserting that there was news value in bringing such information to light. Uh, the Epic Web Services has p- many prominent right-wing fixtures online, including One News America, BitChute, Gab, and other message boards uh other domains show links to target har- targeted harassment campaigns of journalists and activists including by falsely linking them to allegations of uh, heinous acts okay so um, yeah this was a hack anonymous hack uh, that we talked about at the end of the show last week and like I said at the end of the show last week this was 150 gigabytes of data. Uh, And people are still going through this and trying to figure out all the people that were actually involved in this. Um, And so we're slowly going to start to get more and more interesting stuff coming out of this. Well, talking about
3: Nazis, uh, that is not the sentence I I was thinking I would say. FBI had proud Boys informant in crowd during Capitol riot
4: capitol uh, yeah the january 6th capitol yeah. right right um i remember when we talked about uh, the leader of the proud boys and how he was a uh, he was a former fbi informant you remember I us talking remember about that, that? yeah uh, and we were like man that's kind of convenient that he got arrested the day before mm-hmm. it happened uh and just couldn't Wet. couldn't be there uh, well now we That's found right. out that another FBI informant in the crowd during the <laughs> January 6th attack in the US Capitol, uh, the informant's name was not revealed in records though he was affiliated with uh, a Midwest chapter of the Proud Boys. So he was in he was a affi- he was in a chapter of the Proud Boys. Uh, based on an account of the inform- informant's activities detailed in the records, the informant described meeting up with men from other Proud Boys chapter other other chapters at 10 a.m. at the Washington Monument and eventually he entered the Capitol. The informant entered after he debating whether to do so or not. He left through a window after police told him somebody had been shot. So this guy actually did breach the Capitol, this FBI informant. Do you think FBI
3: can soon uh, stop working with Nazis? Thank you. I would love that.
4: (sighs) It, what what it brings into question is, like, uh, we've seen a lot in the past the FBI incite violence specifically to arrest people, right? That is how, That has been proven tactic of the FBI, is to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, over and over again we have right. seen that. Uh, it says, but it says here, the informant has since denied that the Proud Boys intended to use violence on January 6th, but that they were consumed by a herd mentality he also denied that the group planned to attack the capital uh at all so yeah um i guess that just shows that like like i've kind of been saying for a while is it, like this is wasn't a planned yeah. thing it just was a spur of the moment shit show that happened right. right but there were
3: people from the proud boys there so i'm not sure what that says
4: uh I guess the question is the uh, did the FBI could the FBI have done anything to stop it if they were so intimately involved in it right could have this proud boy FBI informant been like hey guys maybe we shouldn't do this at the time right mm. Mm. But, or did he or did he encourage it or was like obviously he didn't go Maybe we shouldn't do this because it even says in this article that he entered the Capitol, he physically right. went inside the building itself. He didn't yeah, yeah. stay outside and be like a uh a concerned citizen or he wasn't being like uh what's it he wasn't staying out of the fray. He went in the building mm-hmm. so I, I don't know what that says, but Reuters reported in August that the FBI has found little evidence that the attack was coordinated.
3: Right. So mm-hmm uh n- you know norway norway has this oil fund where we invest in a lot of things like that we shouldn't invest in and uh, a lot of things that we should invest in we were one of the richest o- oil funds in the world mm-hmm. um i think we have um uh created a very low, like good way of of investing in the future but I think that we need to hire a new chief of the oil fund now. And I think, strangely
4: enough, it should be a hamster. Uh, right, because a hamster has been trading cryptocurrencies in his cage. Uh, and it's current. And- this hamster is currently outperforming the S&P 500. <laughs> a hamster in Germany is redefining random walk down Wall Street. A live stream hamster named Mr. Gox has been independently trading a, of, a portfolio of various cryptocurrencies since June 12th. And so far, its performance is impressive. As of Friday, its perform. His portfolio is up 24%, according to his Twitter feed, that documents the daily performance of his portfolio, along with every trade made by the hamster. Mr. Grok's performance outpaces Bitcoin and S&P 500 over the same time period. Mr. Gox caretaker built a Gox box, a crypto-rigged office attached to a larger home that gives the hamster the ability to perform various exercises and then execute specific (laughs) cryptocurrency trades. The hamster can enter its office whenever it wants to make trades. Uh, First, Grox must run on the intention wheel to pick... Uh, which one of the third or crypt, thirty cryptocurrencies to trade? Once the ch- crypto is chosen, the Hansler must run through one of two decision tunnels that will trigger either to buy or sell the chosen cryptocurrency. Uh, right, so that's how it—the whole thing is set up. Uh, I
3: love that it outperforms everybody. <laughs> like, I'm sure people are like. Hey, why am I, I pissed paying you like thousands and thousands of thousands of, of do- right. dollar, dare broker? When a hamster when an does it better than you.
4: <laughs> I, I also think it just shows how uh, much of a scam like stock markets and things like that really yeah. are, and how much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how it is just all just. Uh, a silly, yeah, a silly game that really doesn't actually have a lot of um, tangible ways to like make sure that that it's not just gambling, right? Right. Oh, that
3: hamster is a proof for God not existing, if you ask me.
4: <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm, well, let's talk about the Mario, Mario movie later, but yeah. Uh, oh, you think that is proof? <laughs> that, that that God, the, well, or that we're living in some strange <laughs> timeline, alternate reality.
3: <laughs> no, there's a reality show this week that's proven that God doesn't exist, to be fair. Okay. But we're going to talk about that later as well. Oh, I'm so angry. Uh, but, yeah, talking about uh, people I Mangrat, uh Bill Gates, uh, he got a, a question about uh, Jeffrey
4: Epstein. Right, this happened, right, like, the night after we did the show last week. So, yes. Um, it was news really earlier in this, way earlier this week. But uh, on PBS NewsHour, Judy Woodruff uh, asked Bill Gates uh, about his meetings with Jeffrey Epstein and what he thought about that. So let's hear what his response was uh, to this lady. In three, two, one, go. It
2: was reported at that time uh, that you had a number of meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, who, when you met him 10 years ago, he was convicted of soliciting prostitution from minors. What did you know about him when you were meeting with him, as you've said yourself, uh, in the hopes of raising money? Hmm. Uh, you know, I had... Dinners with him, uh, I regret doing that. He had relationships with uh, people. He said you see, you know, he would give to global health. Do you see, right a, there, where he was uh, playing with his
4: ring finger. Not
2: nearly enough
4: yep. and he doesn't have a right. ring because he's divorced uh,
2: now. You know, those meetings yep. were, that were shows, That's they a nervous tic. That's in, what I. That's uh, what I see. What he purported, oh. and I cut them off. You know, that goes back a long time ago. Now, uh, there's. You know, so there's nothing new on that. By the way, the reason it was reported that his wife left him is
4: because she wasn't Um, happy that he was friends with Jeffrey. I (laughs) know, yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Meetings. Um, What did you do when you found out about his background? Well, you know, I've said I regretted having those dinners. Uh, And there's nothing, absolutely nothing new on that. Is there a lesson for you, for... Anyone else looking, looking at this? Well, he's dead, so. Uh, wow. You know, well, he's dead. You always have to be careful. Wow. Uh, you always have to and, be careful. You know, the, you know I'm, I'm very proud of what we've done in philanthropy, very proud of the work of the foundation. Uh, you know, I, that's, that's what I get up every day and focus on. And not him
3: uh, looking into the camera as well when he answers the question?
4: You think that yeah, uh, it shows kind of. I I definitely right at the beginning when she first asked him, he does that ring finger mm-hmm. thing, which is definitely a nervous tick mm-hmm. because he would have probably done that all the time when he had a ring on his finger, but he doesn't have a ring on his finger, and he's still doing the ring twist thing that like people do. I've seen a lot of people who have who are married do that with their ring, uh, and it's mm-hmm. specifically usually when they're they're nervous. Uh, the other thing is. The big thing out of this is that she asked him, uh, "Is there anything you could, that you or anybody else could learn from this?" And he's like, "Oh well, mm-hmm. he's dead, uh, and so you got to be careful." Yep. Like, what does that mean? What do you Absolutely mean? Absolutely nothing. I, is he threatening this woman, this reporter? <laughs> That's what <is> he that? said. <laughs> if you if you question it we might take you out, is what it sounded like to me, but... It's
3: like, I have an offer that you can't refuse. <laughs> I'm a part of a mafioso. Right,
4: you know... Are, are you ask? <laughs> are you asking me this question? Yeah, because the question was, is there anything you can learn? And he's like, Yeah. uh, yeah. Fuck uh... that. <laughs> Fuck that. He's dead. <laughs> right. Well, I think the, the way he responded is like, do you have anything to learn? He says, he's dead. And then he says, uh, so you have to be careful. So is he saying the mm. thing you need to learn is that if you're not careful, you might end up dead. That's the way I connected yeah. those things, but yeah. I don't know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you had to pick one event in history that you're afraid uh, will happen again, what would it be? One event in all of history? Oh. Mm-hmm, that you're afraid is going to happen again?
4: Uh, the Ottoman Empire.
3: That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Holocaust. That's,
4: That's a, good a good one. one. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I thought that was the first one I thought of, but I thought it was too obvious. So Yeah, yeah I guess. Uh, is the throne going to talk about that? No, but he's going to talk about something else that's happening again.
1: This is Trond with Trond's the truth. On Saturday, the 25th of September, in this god's of 2021, Norway took their country back, or like, somebody called it Liberation Day. It was not Liberation Day. It was just, now we have no restriction because of the pandemic It's not that bad in Norway anymore Day, So, Norwegian did what it would like best. Getting fucking wasted and beating each other up. High on alcohol and a lot of other funny substances, I think. I didn't celebrate because I'm a little bit tired of, of crowds of people. I don't know, my brain is not going back to normal. We got through this for now. What I mean for now, because it's not over in the rest of the world. We're not gonna know what's gonna happen in the next months next the years there are danger of new pandemics they have been warned that that can happen if you interfere with nature and so on but we still will not listen. Pandemics and plague in society we have 8 billion people many people with too much weapons and a lot of people with good conspirator theorists yes religious fucking nuts and morons we, living in a generation, has the ability to stand up and fight. But you know what happened? Everybody talking about fighting and do things and sharing things on Facebook. But when it comes to election, they don't vote. The Green Party could have done a lot better election in Norway, but they found out that many of the, the voters didn't think it was nice to show up on election day because somebody else would do the job for them. That is a fucking problem in politics. We don't m- meet up to vote because we think somebody else is going to do something for them. Do you know who don't think like that? Yeah, conservatives. They can be a minority and still be the majority because the voters go out to vote. We have a crisis in the environment. Did you have a crisis? antibiotics we have a crisis because we can get new pandemics in the future because we are messing too much with nature but we still doesn't listen if you think this shit shit storm was bad you think it was hard to go with mask, stay at home well the next one going ended on even worse because we never learn. I got a letter in the beginning of the pandemic because I work in security company. And like a letter said, what can happen if that or that happened? We have to be security for blah, blah, taking care of buildings and so on. We never got to that point. But we could have. Somebody high up in the government believed that we could. And next time, maybe it will. We can solve this problem. and <clears throat> I know it's not... How nice to talk about bipartisan. But when it comes to diseases and to the environment, it's not like one part of the political spectrum gonna get killed and the other not. Everybody die, whether are liberal, conservative, Christian, Muslim or Jew. We all gonna get affected by this. So some bipartisan could be good. But if something is much more higher and our ability to solve anything, and it's our ego. And when it, our ego gets in the way, nothing gets done. This was Tron, Tron tells the truth. So next time, don't die.
4: Thank you, Tron, uh, for telling Thank the you. truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It is going to happen again.
4: Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, history repeats itself, right? That's what they say, so everything is mm-hmm. going to happen again. Uh, yeah, and something that will happen again
3: see you testing out sodas. Brr, bum, see what I did there.
4: Yeah, soda review time. It's uh, almost Halloween, bro. Mm-hmm. I guess we're a month, l- less than a month away from Halloween, right? Okay. And what happens, I guess for the last two years, uh, is Mountain Dew comes out with their Voodoo Mountain Dew which they've done, mm-hmm. what, 2019 and 2020. And I know I reviewed it last yeah. year. I don't know if I did it in 2019. Yeah. I don't know. Um, no. I
3: don't know. But you did it last year, right? Right,
4: and I remember guessing that it was cotton candy. Isn't that what I said? That's what I remember. Yes. And it says yes. here, on October 3rd, the official Mountain Dew Twitter account unveiled that last year's mystery flavor was Fruit Candy Explosion. How could anybody I have think that's... possibly guessed that? <laughs> I don't think that's correct now. Uh Well, that's what it says.
3: And this, this... Yeah, no, I don't think that uh, that uh, uh, that you got, you get correct by guessing that.
4: Yeah, but how could anybody have guessed fruit candy explosion? That's no, not even no. like a real flavor. Nobody. <laughs> right. No. It's like it's it's shit. What was 2019? I don't e- I don't remember what it was either. Uh, Me neither. Oh, yeah. Candy Corn, which I never had that one. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, no. And this new one, the 2021 uh, Mystery fl- Voodoo uh, Clues. There are no hints yet uh, on social media of Mountain Dew itself. Uh, the speculation, since Voodoo is a mystery flavor, many people who have tried it have made comparisons to Starburst, Laffy Taffy... Sweet tarts and other various fruit candies. Okay, mm. so if they, I swear to god, if they do the same thing this year, I'm going to be so angry. Yeah, okay, so officially it got released in stores on in August, late August. Uh, mm-hmm. it was in 12 packs, uh, and later they released it in 20 ounce bottles, which is what I have. Uh, they say it's going to be around till Halloween, so let me open this up, see if I can get the... It has a different color than last year. That was not very carbonated sounding. That was the pop no. that you just heard. It was very... Really? Yeah, that was... it. The cap made more noise than the, than yeah, the, than uh, the s- carbonation. The
3: soda. All right, How um, does it smell?
4: Oh, good call. I think my sniffer might be broken. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Luke's sniffer is a little stuffed at right. the moment. It's, this is the time of year that my allergies are the worst. Fall, like right, yeah. when all the leaves and there's all this mold <laughs> and stuff out, so... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure, maybe it doesn't smell, maybe my sniffer's broken, but we'll, I'm gonna taste it now, so let's see. hmm mm-hmm. I love that Luke has his sniffer instead of his nose. Okay. Like I'm not getting much flavor something. happening. Okay. By the way, it's like a... a white kind of white it whitish color yeah it kind of looks like um yeah last Dew year, it
3: was purple mm-hmm. i remember it was purple last year because we talked about how much it looks like it they're trying to this does not have very highlights. it's not
4: sweet really it's got like
3: <clears throat> it has,
4: uh-huh. i can see like a sweet tart <clears throat> flavor but it's not very tart mm-hmm. hmm. mm, yeah I don't know I wouldn't say it's it definitely doesn't taste like starburst is what one person said mm. I can kind of get like a sweet tart, or maybe um some kind of like yeah generic fruit flavor but it's not I don't really I couldn't put one like brand of fruit candy on this mm. Would you say uh, the carbonation in the drink itself is okay, or I'm wondering if because my nose is broken, if my taste palate is broken right now. Mm. I don't know. That could be. But it's definitely. It's not very sweet. It's got like a very mild, uh, and it's very not very carbonated. It's very um. It's just a little bland. Yeah, it's a little bland. Yeah, it's like okay. a. It's like a fruit candy that is like the, like the bottom barrel fruit candy, one that like barely yeah. has any fruit flavoring to it, right? Hmm. Uh, that could yeah. be starburst though. I'll, I'll, let me keep fair. drinking it as the show goes on here, and I'll yeah. I'll let you know if I change my mind. Uh, what would you give it now? Um. here, yeah, Uh. I don't. know. Let me give me give it another taste and let me think about it. Um, okay. A little sip. Uh, does it contain a lot of caffeine? I That's a that good question. Like well, I mean, it's Mountain Dew. It's all mount, All Mountain yeah. Dews are gonna have a lot of. You gotta have that gamer fuel, right? So. <laughs> gamer fuel. <laughs> yes, it did. Uh, let's see. Caffeine. Where am I? I'm not seeing it right now. Okay. It maybe contains zero percent juice. juice, though. Uh. Uh-huh. Oh, ninety-one milligrams. There it is. They made it really small. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's pretty equivalent to like a... It's around like a Pepsi Max, so... Yeah, yeah. What would you give it now out of 10? Uh, I don't know, maybe a 5. It's right in the middle. It's actually... Yeah. It's fine. It, it's not offensive like some other sodas I've tasted in the past. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not too sweet either, which I was expecting just because of how they described it in this article that it was going to be way too sweet for me because I'm not a huge fan of sweet sodas. But it's like very mild and very kind of this like refreshing. So, and if you want something refreshing that has caffeine in it, I think this is doable. I've really, okay. as far as a mystery flavor, I could not uh, put my finger on it. Maybe those little chalky candies you get that are like uh, in like a tube, you know, and they're all the little chalky fruit candies. Maybe whatever those are called. Okay, let's talk about uh, some TV, because I have
3: a rant about one of the shows I've seen this week. I'm going to start with that rant. Okay. Exactly now. Okay. Because I'm going to talk about it. Uh, Alter Ego on Fox. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. I saw this. I... I'm very concerned about this to be honest uh, I I think I'm going to let you tell people what it is about and I I am going to tell why I'm so
4: angry about it I'm concerned about it okay
3: yeah angry and concerned
4: um yeah it's a it's a what a singing competition show very much like all other singing competition shows but very much like uh... uh, one of the masked uh, or the masked singer, or what's the other one where they uh, don't know who the singer is but then they just hear their voice this one is very much like that it's like you don't know who they are you just hear their voice, Mm -hmm. but in this one they, instead of being in a stupid gorilla costume it's supposed to be some kind of uh, holographic uh Imaging software they're using to create some kind of avatar for each of these people is that the best way to put it? I don't actually think that the hologram is real, I think they're just that the judges are just sitting there watching a TV. But I don't know, what do you think? I think it's probably
3: fake, yeah. I'm not sure if uh, that is the part I'm most angry about, but
4: sure. Ooh, you just told yeah. me to describe the show, that's the show,
3: yeah. No, no, I, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I, I agree, it's probably fake. Uh, and the judges are Alanis Morissette, uh, Nick, uh, Nick Lashley, uh, Will. I am, and for some reason, Grimes. You know, Grimes married to one of the most rich people in the world. I guess she's bored of uh, being a mother and the uh, wife of. One of the most rich
4: people in the world. I think they broke up, didn't they?
3: Really? I think they married.
4: Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Elon, continue, and I'll look it up. Yeah. So,
3: okay, I'm going to tell my real problem about this. So this is... It's not really judging. It is this place where... Five
4: days ago, page six, Elon Musk and Grimes break up after three years together. So this just happened. So that's why... Yeah.
3: So I, it it is somewhere. It, it this should be a program about like self love, self acceptance, and things like that. And instead of the contestants like having mental issues, and the show abusing that mental issues to make a show, it should like for me that is the most troublesome about the show. It where where uh. It should be empowering uh, for self-confidence uh, and boosting, inspiring artists to, to to be who they are on stage. They're hiding it behind their alter ego. Uh, I think that's my main problem of, about this uh, program, where I feel like uh other programs like the voice and things like that do focus on the voice I, I agree on that but but here they are trying to kind of like hey you think you're ugly it's so good that you think you're ugly here's an avatar to hide behind right that is kind of like what what my main problem is about the show instead of like building people up and like say hey you should feel self-accepted they are letting like people with mental issues being on this program saying, Oh, I, I feel so ugly. I feel so fat. Uh, and it, they, they kind of build up, uh, uh, their, uh, uh, phobias instead of helping them.
4: Well, or, um, what's a, suppressing their phobia being like, "Yes." well, if you think you're ugly, well, you can just, Pretend to be somebody else and, and not, oh, yeah, yeah. not don't be you. You can just not be mm-hmm. yourself. And then you'll be mm-hmm. happy. And it's like, well, maybe you should learn to accept yourself and be happy yeah. with who you are instead yeah. of uh not accepting yourself and being somebody trying to be somebody else, right? Like whether it's being uh thinking you're ugly or whatever, there was multiple different reasons. These but each person in the show had a different reason where it clearly probably they don't even have these problems. They were made up by the mm-hmm. television uh, producers as like this is this is who your character is, right? Mm-hmm. As like a, a contestant on this show. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, that part felt very wrong. I mean, this is a coming I think this is kinda of coming out of uh the very popular stuff on Twitch where the these avatars where it you know, virtual um what do they call them? The virtual performers on Twitch, who, where they they yeah. have this very same kind of setup, where they're 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 a person and they're interacting with their chat on Twitch, but it's actually an avatar of them in in on the screen, right? And that I think mm-hmm. that's what this they were like they saw that on Twitch and like, how do we make a reality show uh, competition out of that? That's what I think the idea mm-hmm. was here, um, but the execution, like you said. When you see it on Twitch it's somebody who created this themselves this avatar mm-hmm. and they wanted it to be this way because uh that's how they see themselves but in this mm-hmm. it's like they were these people were just assigned some random thing right and they mm-hmm. uh, <coughs> excuse me in, in it they seem to say oh this is how I wanted it this is this is the way I wanted it to be but you can tell that like they didn't design this avatar, right? It was designed by a mm-hmm. programmer and stuff, where on when you see it on Twitch, usually the person who's doing it, they were the programmer who designed it themselves. Right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. It, the concept, I understand what they were trying to go for, it just does not work when you put it in a network TV setting. Yeah. It,
3: feel, it, it feels very like they are taking uh, advantage of mental health. And that is some... some uh, I get angry about that. Uh, but uh, other than that, it's also a shitty program, so that helps. Uh, I think that, uh, like, if it was a good program, I would probably give it a pass, but uh, it's not even good. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's like a thousand other shitty reality programs, but I- I'm going to give it a zero. I have absolutely nothing positive to say about this.
4: <laughs> I mean, I give it a one, but, uh, yeah... I thought it was pretty bad. Uh, there's nothing, there's no redeeming qualities to this. And uh, I don't, e- I, and I already hate singing reality shows because I think it's like, mm. <clears throat> it's a lot of fluff. And then, uh, and then the fluff that isn't fluff is just them singing, right? So it's mm-hmm. all just fluff mm-hmm. to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see, what did I, I saw the Wonder Years, I guess we'll talk about. Mm hmm. The new 2020 version of The Wonder Years. Um, mm-hmm. It's with Don Cheadle. I guess that's the best place to put it, right? Uh, it's very... I don't know. Did you watch Wonder Years growing up? I guess that's a good place yeah. to start. All right. I mean, I, I didn't, I've seen most of Wonder Years. I remember watching it when I was a kid, but I didn't have like... I don't think I had the channel that Wonder Years was on, but I remember seeing it. You know, if that makes sense. Um, But I never, like, watched it from beginning to end, I don't think. Um, Mm -hmm. But this has very similar features to Wonder Years, the original. Like, the voiceover and some... They do make some callbacks to certain things, if you remember the original series. But it's, um... It's... It's set in the 60s. And it's about a young boy who's growing up in Alabama. So the very first episode at the very end, Martin Luther King dies. Mm-hmm. So it's going into some deep, uh, uh, social relations of the 1960s stuff as well. So overall I was expecting it to be a little more of a sitcom comedy and less of like a, uh, drama, but mm. I think wonder years itself was more of a drama than a comedy. So overall, I'm going to give this a, I'll give it a six.
3: Uh, well, I am going to talk about the reality show that I mostly liked. Uh, Race Against the Tide, that we saw uh, the trailer of last week. Okay. Uh, this is uh, 10 teams of two class, world class uh, sand cultures that uh, are going to create extraordinary work, and some of it is extremely pretty, I will say that. Um, I don't really have any, like, big criticism about this other than I did not like the the host, Sean marjumter He was kind of like, there. Uh, I liked the judges and the contestants, but, uh, but the host was under par. Uh, it is a reality show about building sandcastles, it's not like it's
4: groundbreaking in any way. But I will give it a 5. Uh, we both saw, I think, Chicago Party Ant. Or did you see that last week? I don't even remember. I saw it last week, yeah. Okay. I saw that this week. Um, mm-hmm. It was... Actually, I kind of enjoyed it. It reminded me of okay. a few shows from, like, the 90s, uh, cartoon-wise. Um, it, it has a woman who is... You know, what would what's a good way to put it? She... Her... She hasn't grown up, but she's like 40, right? She's still 40. like stuck in like the college party uh, era of her life, even though she's 40 years old. She thinks she's going to get kicked out of her apartment because uh, her sister is renting it to her, but her sister wants to sell the apartment. And she convinces her to let her son, the sister's son, stay with, with her, uh, so that she can save the apartment and help the kid figure out what he wants to do with his life because he's was going to go off to college, but now he's kind of confused as to what he wants to do with his life. Uh, it's it's a comedy cartoon. It was fun. It's very similar to a lot of things. It was kind of similar to the Harper House, which I talked about last week in animation style, don't you think? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I haven't seen Arbor else yet. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Um, no. I thought you had watched it for some reason. Uh, right. Let's see, who's in it? I, R- RuPaul was a surprise to me being in this. I was kind of like... Yeah. I heard actually. it. I heard him and I was like, is that RuPaul? And then I saw the credits <laughs> and it said RuPaul Charles. Ru Paul Charles, which I thought was weird. Why did they add his last name in there? But... Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw
3: Foundation on uh, Apple TV. Oh yeah, Uh, TV show that I don't really recommend to anybody but me. Uh, So um, that's not entirely true. I mean, the reviews have been pretty good. To be fair, Um, I this is one of my in most anticipated TV shows of uh, this year. So I went in with very high hopes. Uh, We follow Doctor Harry Sheldon and his loyal. Followers uh, to attempt like to preserve their culture, uh, uh, and uh, the galaxy like around them collapses. It is very much uh, close to the book. I will say this is maybe the most beautiful uh, Netflix series. No, sorry, there you go. there we go. Apple TV show <laughs> series I have ever seen. Um, I felt a little like. When I watched C. Uh, I, 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 I think that's my favorite Apple TV show. Uh, with Jason Momoa. Uh, I, I felt there was something missing. Uh, I, I felt there was some... What is the word I'm looking for? Some, like, m- magic touches. Uh, okay. I, I, still, I still very much enjoyed it. I am going to give it a 7. But it's a pretty low seven for the two first episodes, but I, I it's something I wouldn't recommend Luke because I don't think Luke would like it, but it's very pretty and I yeah i I am I'm going to continue watching it. It's just like it's nearly a six, but it, it's uh yeah it could almost be a six point five but I think i I'm going to hold it on a seven yeah.
4: You want to hear something about Alter Ego from Common Sense Media? I do want to hear something about that. Uh, Parents need to know that Alter Ego is a singing competition featuring singers who can be seen as digital avatars by judges. The holographic images are creature-like, and very small children may find them disturbing. I don't think it's just small children, though. I think I found them kind of disturbing. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought that was funny. Uh,
1: That's weird.
4: What's... What? Oh, Midnight Mass, I guess? You want to talk about that? Yeah. You watched the whole thing, so maybe you should start on I around. I definitely watched the whole thing, yeah. But you could start. Uh, it's about uh, a town mm-hmm. where... What's a good way to start this without ruining anything? <laughs> where there's a church, right? And yes. uh, a, a new priest shows up after a priest dies... Uh, in this new church, or not new church, in this church in this small, very small town. Uh, and very strange things start to happen in this town. It what It's a good way to... It's a fishing town, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, dead cats start washing up on shore. And mm-hmm. uh, we find out partway through that uh, there's some evil things happening. Right, It's it's a horror mm-hmm. show. Yeah. It is
3: definitely a horror show. It is extremely slow in the beginning. The two first episodes, I was like, "Really? Am I going to love this?" Mm-hmm. And then, I, then episode three came in, and I was like,
0: "Yes!"
3: And then I saw episode three and I four, and I went, "Yes!" And then I watched episode five, and then I went, "Yes!"
4: And <laughs> I watched the rest, of the game and I went,
3: "Yes! Yes!"
4: <laughs> I thought it was fine, and you know, maybe I just wasn't in the mood for like a horror show this week. But uh, it was uh, the acting was superb in this. I thought everybody oh, amazing uh, had. Uh, I think everybody was cast really well for yes. their specific role. Um, mm. Each person that was cast for that role was like it's almost like they wrote each role for a specific person instead of mm-hmm. like writing the script and then casting people. It's almost like they were like, these are the people we want to play in a movie or in a show. And now we're going to write a script around that. It almost felt like mm-hmm. that. Um, perfect. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Everything about it was very interesting. Some, there are some special effects that happen uh partway through it where i was like well that's a green screen but um mm-hmm. <laughs> other than that like you said it's very slow in the beginning and then it kind of, it picks up but there are still even in the parts where it picks up there will there like in the third episode there's still like stretches where it's a lot of like uh yeah. discussion and very slow low mm-hmm. moments uh, and then it picks back up again so yeah uh overall i gave this a 6.5 yeah i'm going to say this uh if you
3: survive the two first episodes and you're like "Ugh, i give up i understand it but i think you should watch episode three (laughs) and if you don't like it by then you can just give up yeah you don't yeah uh that's my recommendation yeah um I'm going to uh, take two points away from it uh, for the slow start. I will give it an 8.
4: Okay, what else did you see? Uh, La Brea. That's the last thing I saw, so... Yeah, that's the last thing I saw as well. Okay. Uh, This show uh, was not very good.
3: No, it was actually pretty terrible, to be honest. Uh... Yeah it is about this massive sinkhole uh, that opens in Los Angeles uh, where this uh, family uh, is, uh, there's a mother and son and a father and a daughter and and they, yeah, uh, they find themselves torn uh, from each other because of this sinkhole. And things like that. I'm not going to talk uh, a, lo- a lot about the sync call because we don't really know what down is down there. But yeah, uh,
4: I think we can talk about it. I don't think it's gonna. Okay. I mean, it's just one episode. Uh, I'm. It's lost, so it's gonna be. It's just the new law. Lo- they even there's even a reference to like two lost, like a guy is like they're talking about. Oh, where could we be? And like they're in this like you know land of the lost place where there's mm-hmm. all these dinosaurs because they fell into this like the uh, void. What what is it called? Rip in time is a good way to put it. it if mm-hmm. think about a rip in time or like a uh, black hole or something and you, you these people went through it and ended up in the land of the lost, right? Mm. Uh, where there's all these dinosaurs. And the one guy goes, "Yeah, well we this we could just be in an episode of Lost." Like he literally says that and it's like we we're, <laughs> we're all thinking it. You didn't have to like literally put it in the script when we're all thinking it. And did you notice the one girl doesn't have a leg, Fro? I don't know if they, mm-hmm. like, focused on that enough to, like, point that out <laughs> to you. Like, there's one scene where she's running away, and they don't even shoot her as a person. They just shoot her, leg. her like, yeah, her yeah. Uh, prosthetic, because she's wearing mm-hmm. a prosthetic uh, foot, <laughs> or, you know, from the knee down, I think, it, whatever that is. Um, is it a little sad that I was looking very much forward to
3: watching this show? I I, wanted, I thought
4: I wanted this show to be good. I really did. <laughs> Me too. But it's the acting that is so bad. And I guess yeah. last week I, I had said, like, this looks interesting. And, like, I really want to see how they explain falling into a hole and nobody mm-hmm. getting hurt. Right? And mm-hmm. nobody... Like, how do you fall into a giant hole to go to the center of the earth and not... Well... They don't really explain it, do they? Because all these no. cars fall and get broken, and even <laughs> at the very when we first go back to where all the cars are, like because she's like somewhere else, random. Like they all got kind of scattered. Um, we see that they're pulling one guy out of a car, right? Mm-hmm. And he's hurt. Um, so why was he still in the car? But they were all somewhere else. <laughs> Right, none of it makes any fucking sense, like at all.
3: Can we talk about the special effects in this movie? Sure. Or series? Yeah, amazing special effects, right?
4: Well, I mean, they were network level. I wouldn't. They're definitely not like movie level or even like HBO kind of like uh, level special effects. But it is, you know, what is this on ABC or NBC? NBC.
3: Yeah. I still believe there were dinosaurs in this world.
4: Right. Um, I mean, the storyline itself has some kind of interesting concepts, right? But uh, Mm -hmm. because there is also this dad who has some kind of psychic powers, we're finding out, the father does randomly (laughs) um, in this first episode. (laughs) But this is
3: one of the biggest problems with the show. Everything feels extremely random. Like, <laughs> you said it yourself, like, he's all of a sudden has this magic power. It's like, like, it feels so fucking random. And with, uh, with yeah, the casualties, like, who is hurt and who is not hurt because of the sink call, it also
4: feels very random. <laughs> it, it, in this show, and predictable at the same time because there was one <laughs> yes. point where i heard this noise and i was like oh it's a saber-toothed tiger it's gonna be a saber-toothed tiger <laughs> like i didn't even see it yet and i was just heard a noise and i was like knew exactly what was going to happen and also like i love that this is on nbc and msnbc mm. is one of msnbc is one of the biggest places being like Worried about conspiracy theories on the internet, and yet (laughs) we have a show about (laughs) hollow Uh, Hollow Earth, right? Yes, (laughs) right. Love this show. It is very bad. I mean, I'm definitely gonna watch another episode just so I can see it, and maybe who knows, it'll get better. But it is—it's just they're trying to recreate Lost. What? 20 years later, and it's, years later, it's, it's just like, work. come on, guys, move on a little bit. Like,
3: <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to be very happy about my character about this, but I gave it a 2.5. <laughs> uh,
4: I gave it a 2, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing.
3: Amazing show. But uh, let's talk about the really amazing show. No, no joke, amazing show. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, Sp- Squid Game Episode 2. Holy fuck, this show. Right. Episode 2 is called Hell. A split on whether to continue or quit, uh, the group holds a vote, but their realities in the outside world may prove to be just as unforgiving as in the game. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of the...
1: the definitely concept, the concept of
4: this episode was yeah. like... The the oh, it was people good. running the game uh, yeah. in the first episode l- murdered like half the people there. And yeah. they then were like the people all agreed like we don't want to do this and so they let them go. And mm-hmm. uh, when they went back into the world, uh, one of the reasons the people who brought them to the game pick them is because they're so financially in in debt. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it, I guess we don't know if every single person who left the game came back into it, but a lot of them did obviously at the very end. I'm going to guess uh, all of them. Well, at least all the main characters for sure. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, uh,
3: we also learned that they would have won two hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars in yen. Which that is
4: is not does not seem like enough to me to want to risk your life for. But uh, no. yeah, I mean, depends on. I guess if you live there and you're that much in debt. Uh, two hundred
3: fifty thousand. Like yeah, 000, so but uh, if
4: you're over, like, if you were over two hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt, would you want to go into this game? That's a good question. No, because no. it's not even gonna get, gonna get you back to even. Or like, right. if you were two hundred thousand dollars in debt, you would only end up with fifty thousand dollars.
3: So I yeah, but I I would have done it by then. Right, I, I guess. Yeah, sure. Because then I then I could say, "Hey, I paid all my
4: debt." Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, yeah.
3: But you yeah, know, uh, I was a, a bit negative to the show when we watched together. I I, I said I, I thought this was not as good as episode as episode one, but when I thought about it the day after, uh, I I kind of I I kind of went back and I I I watched uh, the ending again. Um uh, and i I felt I felt very much like yeah do you know what this as? this was a very good buy story I am happy they did it because it kind of explains how desperate the people in this show is and it also feels very much like we 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 talked about uh this show uh um counter to uh um, a movie like parasite uh. Uh, where I think, like both of the themes of *Parasite* and this show is kind of like, uh, is the same, and it's done in such a way that it makes you think about like relationship between rich and poor, what it means to be a human being, what it means to be a man, what it means to be like, yeah. And uh, and you said it best when we watched this. Uh, that's kind of like being a, a progress in this kind of shows lately. And I, I think that's one of the things I really, really liked about the show.
4: Right, and we're only two, two episodes in, so...
3: Yeah. But, uh, I,
4: yeah, no, I give this episode an uh, 8. Uh, I did not thought about it. Yeah, I think I agree with you. An 8, or even an 8.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. This episode, I thought, was even more... um last episode was a lot of character development, so I think this was mm-hmm. a better episode than the last episode, yeah.
3: Uh, let's talk about chess, baby. Let's talk about you and me, no?
4: No. Uh, let's talk about no? Ma- Magnus Carlsen. Uh, ah. As of November's 14-game $2 million 2021 World Championship match in Dubai approaches, Magnus Carlsen is continuing, to busy... continuing his busy tournament and media schedule while his Russian challenger... Ian WoW name with an N is pulling out events <laughs> or playing them in second and third gear. Do you want me to say his last name? Because sure. I actually know it. Neponykashki. <laughs> last week Carlson fought his way from behind four successive uh, exhaustive hard fight wins at the end to take first prize in the Stravenger tournament. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's some big, giant $2 million... Is that what, what's important here?
3: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, that is what is important here, because uh, we want Magnus Carlsen... Well, we want... Uh, on behalf of Norway, I, I want Magnus Carlsen to win, of course. And I, he's a very good face of Norway uh, outside. Like, And I think it would be beneficial... Uh, for Norway's history to have a chess
4: master, and also his history. His history? What do you mean? Oh, his legacy. Le- legacy history. Oh, okay, yeah. right. I was like, I, his history. I don't know what that means. Okay, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think that. Yeah, I think that's the whole idea here is that he would, um, kind of secure his legacy in like the hist in like the. History books. Yeah, the history books. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Kamala Harris. Uh, Kamala Harris went on the View from. Did you hear about this? No. Uh, Maybe because I don't
3: watch the View.
4: Well, I don't. I don't either. But like, this was pretty big news because right before she like came out on the show, apparently they on in like during the live show, they were like. Uh, these two, Sonny H- Houston and Anna Navarro, have tested positive for COVID-19, so they have to leave mid-show. I'm not sure how that works, because wouldn't they have been tested before they went onto the show? Mm. But they, m- mid-show, they decided, oh, we gotta pull them out, and it was the same show that uh, the vice president was on. But then that just puts into question, like, what about all the other people that were in the studio with, <laughs> with like these two people who tested positive, right? So, right. Um, but Joy Behar, Behar uh, said that they did everything they could uh, to keep the vice president safe. So it's a, it was a very weird situation. Like how that, how did that happen? How do you how does that mm-hmm. get kind of like they act like they're taking all these measures to test people so that they can do a safe, like, uh, interview show, but clearly if they're getting pulled off the show mid-show, uh, they, they didn't wait for the tests to come back, right? That's the only explanation to me. I don't know about you.
3: You know, that is such a weird thing. And, like, they did it to protect Kamala Harris. Like, What? Nobody else was important in that
4: audience. Well, that's a good point, too. Yeah. I don't even yeah. know if they have an audience right now. But the cameramen, everybody else, yeah, too. Yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. point. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares. I them. don't watch don't the me. view, so I don't know if they have an audience right now or not. So, no. All right.
3: Uh, R. Kelly is found guilty of all charges in the racketeering and sex trafficking trial. Thank heavens.
4: Uh, Right, he could face decades in prison. Uh, He was accused by multiple witnesses of targeting, grooming, and exploiting young women and men for his own sexual gratification and also running a sex cult. Um, It says the hearing... Oh, uh, Brooklyn Federal Court began deliberations Friday after a hearing from 50 witnesses throughout the trial, only five of whom testified in defense of him. Uh, During Monday's court session, Kelly... Described as stoic and emotionless, only moving to shake his head no at certain statements, so he doesn't yeah he he didn't seem to show any remorse is what they're saying hmm. he hasn't been charged yet, so we don't know exactly how long uh he's gonna be in jail yet, but he is he has been found guilty, so
3: yeah, let's hope it's one of the longest sentences, and like they need to set they need to set uh uh a uh, standard because of uh, uh, the the trial trials that's coming up and not let him get away with it just because he's famous that is what i'm mostly afraid of to be honest
4: all right so we have an email address another digital citizen at gmail.com that's another digital citizen at gmail.com if you want to get a hold of us you can also hit us up at twitter at podcast ADC, and there's a facebook page for now also <laughs> yeah, let's talk two seconds about that. Uh, so, Luke, are you f- done with Facebook? I mean, to a degree. I. Whenever I post anything on there, it, nobody, it doesn't show it to anybody. So there's no reason yeah. to really have Facebook if they're not showing any of my posts to anybody. <laughs> you know, Lu- Luke is what we would call shadow banned and it's very obvious because you can see how many people have seen your posts when you have a group Mm. and they'll show when other people post on there it shows people their things and it shows oh this many people have seen it never shows any of my stuff to anybody so it's like what's the point yeah
3: so it could be that we we are actually going to close that Facebook page we're not 110% sure what we will do about it but we will inform you What will happen. Uh, Movie news. Uh,
4: Jamie Foxx wants to remake a Stephen King movie with a black lead. Okay. Uh, Jamie Foxx has an incredible legacy as an actor and performer. Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, He never... I can't name, like... What's the big Jamie Foxx movie?
3: Uh, The one where he's Ray Charles. Ray. I
4: don't even... I never saw that, so... Um, he won Oscars for that didn't he? I have no idea sure. yeah. uh, at this point there are very few genres that Jamie Foxx hasn't dabbled in he's uh, equally comfortable in indie dramas and kid friendly musicals as well as police thrillers and superhero blockbusters I guess that's true he is in like every movie ever uh, or all, all different kinds is, of movies Was uh, he in a Tarantino movie? Uh, I don't remember him being in one no, maybe not Maybe uh so what what Stephen King movie does he want to remake? Uh Misery? Is that what it's saying? Yeah. <laughs> Such
3: a weird choice. <laughs> it's like one of my favourite Stephen King
4: adaptations. Uh sure. Uh It is an amazing movie. I just I mean, it's fine. I, I don't know. Why. I, they, I feel like they've made versions of Misery of, uh, like, other types of... Like, they've done Misery, but, like, a step above it already mm-hmm. uh, with other movies. I can't think of an example, but, like, I feel like remaking something that was already so good... Like, remake a bat. That's always been my kind of thing. If you're going to remake something, remake something that wasn't good to begin with, right? Don't remake something that's, like, a classic, you're just asking for people not to like it. That's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but yeah,
3: does God exist? Well, let's see. This new article. Uh, Chris Pratt. <laughs> you know Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. amazing actor. Mm-hmm. He's voicing Mario. What? You know Mario, Italian. Chris Pratt, very Italian. Uh, in the new Super Mario Brothers movie?
4: Right. Uh... What? So I guess he's going to be doing a very stereotypical Italian voice?
3: Mario.
4: Right. Yeah, I can do it.
3: This is Mario, and he's going to talk uh, like this for a uh, movie. It's going to be very funny to watch. Uh. Right. Why don't
4: you just get Roberto Benini to do it? Because then it would be right. He's already got the yeah. accent. Why Chris Pratt? Doesn't make any fucking sense. It's so weird. <laughs>
3: Why is it Chris Pratt? Out of all people, but yeah, let's look into the cast because there are other choices here. I'd also think are a little
4: weird. Right. Uh, Charlie Day uh, is playing yeah, Luigi. Good. Anna Taylor no, Joy is playing playing uh, Princess Peach. I'm okay with that. Jack Black as Bowser. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> that is so weird. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, which okay, okay. cool. I, I don't understand why Donkey Kong is even in a Mario movie. oh well, I can under like there's two different worlds of Mario. There's the Donkey Kong yes. in Mario. Like Donkey, the, the original Mario. Donkey Kong, and then there's Donkey yes. Kong, like yeah. Donkey Kong Country, but Mario Country. is not in the Donkey Kong Country universe. But it, <laughs> that is not the most surprising.
3: the The last one is the most surprising.
4: What Fred? Uh, Fred Armiston? Oh no, my Keena Michael no, no. Key is Toad. Uh, yeah, that is such a weird. Thing. <laughs> I think Fred Armiston as Cranky Kong is weirder, but okay. <laughs>
3: yeah, but uh yeah, it's me, Mario. He's going to talk like it. It's all the movie
4: Right, and there was this release of like from uh, what from Nintendo about this whole thing and it was just very cringy mostly because uh, if you watched it in English, it was like translated from Japanese. And obviously, the translation didn't like completely make a hundred percent sense because it sounded very like weird and awkward. But yeah, uh, let alone the fact that these people just clearly don't f- fit like the roles. But uh, what they're no. because it's an animated movie. What they do nowadays with animated movies is they just stick all these name actors in there, even if they're not even really good voice actors. It's like, oh, Chris Pratt mm. is a name everybody knows, so it'll sell m- movie tickets. But it's like doesn't make any sense for him to play an Italian plumber. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Movies! I've seen some. Uh, I've seen one of the best movies of this year. Uh, probably going to be on my list. Uh, and all I can say is thank you, Luke, because it's Holler. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, this was such a good movie. Uh, it is about this young woman that, uh, joins this very dangerous... Scrap metal crew to pay for her ed- education. That is more or less what I'm going to say, because the less you know about this movie, the
4: better. <laughs> I mean, that's the ba- that's the base of it, though. Is like that's yes what really how it starts, and then uh, mm-hmm. it's got it a very good something else. right. It's got a very good not twist, but. The way that the story unveils itself is very interesting, right? Um, yes, but I'm going to give it a 9.5. Yeah, one of the better movies this year, for sure. And, and like I said last week... Loved it. Very cheaply made. Like, yeah. less than $30,000 to make it, so... Loved it. Uh, I saw The Virtuoso last night. Um, it was, It's a sh- movie about a... An assassin, and it's a—he's like the best assassin or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. and he's working for what? Anthony Hopkins. It plays the uh, his boss, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. It's also got David Morse in it, but he's kind of like barely in it. He plays a cop. Uh, this guy, it—he's got one job uh, from this guy to kill to kill this person, and he's supposed to keep all of his emotions out of it, but mistakes happen, and this woman gets set on fire in front of her own child. So he gets, you know, that freaks him out a little bit. So he gets, he takes a break, and he, when he comes back uh, to do another job uh, for Anthony Hopkins, uh, uh, it's a very strange job in this very small town, and it turns into like a kind of a mystery because they give him information of like who to kill, but there's no actual name or anything. It's just White River is the person. And mm-hmm. so he doesn't actually know who he's there to kill. So it turns into this mystery of who am I actually supposed to be assassinating here? So that made it kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Uh, I'd probably give it a... What did I give this? I, I'd probably give it a, a 4. I'll give it a 4. I was going to say 3.5, but... It's very predictable, is the problem. Um, mm. There's this point where it does kind of a Kaiser Sose moment, <clears throat> and I was like, yeah, I, you, you're acting like this is something that was supposed mm. to be surprising, but to me, I was like, mm. I saw all this stuff, like, clear as day. It's not surprising to anybody that this happened. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's all right, though. It's got 19% on Rotten Tomatoes, though, so, hmm. Hmm. Do you ever see uh, a New Zealand movie called Black Sheep? I don't
3: think so. Sheep eats human beings. <laughs> no, I've never seen that. Okay, I'll, it's one of my favorite uh, uh, New Zealand movies ever. Uh, one of the actors there is called James Ashcroft. Uh, and he has now turned into a director. He came out with a movie called Coming Home in the Dark. Ooh, look, this is my recommendation for you. Uh, because I'm also given this 9.5 actually. Uh, it is about a school teacher uh, that is forced to confront some things he has done in his past. I will not say more than that. Okay. When, when he's on this nightmare of a family road trip with his family. It is one of the best horror thrillers I have seen in quite a l- long time. Uh, directed and, r- and written by James uh, uh, Ashcroft. I give it, yeah, like I said,
4: 9.5. Okay, the other thing I saw was Prisoners of the Ghostland. with. hmm One Nicolas Cage in it. This was a silly, silly silly-ass movie. (laughs) This was a silly, silly silly-ass movie, indeed. Uh, It's about a guy who gets released... Well, it's like a futuristic time period. I guess, like, kind of Mad Max-esque future, right? That's a good place Mm -hmm. to start. Yeah. Uh, He's in jail, and kind of the person who is, like, the... What what mayor of the city I guess or whatever mm-hmm. his daughter I think it was gets kidnapped and so mm-hmm. they release uh, Nicholas Cage from jail only if he can find this woman but they strap him with like <laughs> explosives so that if he tries to escape they can just blow him up so he's got like this bomb it's vest suicide, thing.
3: Suicide Squad
4: mixed with
3: something else yes
4: uh crank again I guess. There's so many crank yes. movies lately. <laughs> I feel like it's, we just uh, talked about Crank like yeah. two weeks ago.
3: Uh, yeah, would you? You think? Know, this is yeah. Uh, this was really, really fun. <laughs> that is what, what I'm going to say about this movie. You cannot take don't, it seriously. Yeah. No, don't take it serious. Go into it thinking it's it's just a silly, uh, stupid movie. Don't take it seriously. Leave, leave your brain at the door if you really want to watch this movie and have fun. I I I think it's uh, I haven't laughed that much in quite a while.
4: Yeah, and it it's stylistically like the the look of it is very that part is very cool cuz it's got this like very futuristic kind of uh, like I said Mad Max feel to it and almost uh, Remember that scene from AI, like the mo- the movie AI, where there's like the hmm. robot carnival. It almost has a feeling like that. I don't know if you remember that scene. Yeah. Um, of that very stylistic, like future, where everything's like very over the top and wacky looking. Uh, yeah, I like that about it. So overall, I gave this a six. Uh, I give it a six point five. Actually,
3: I, I, yeah, I, uh, I okay. had so much fun.
4: Yeah, it's, it, like we said, just take your brain out and watch this. Yeah. The last thing I saw was Britney versus
3: Spears. This is a Netflix documentary that came out two, three days ago, I think.
4: Okay. Um, and another, there was an ABC documentary that also came out this week. I haven't seen either of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
3: I have so much problems with this. It is. Very, very un- uncomfortable. Uh, it's made and also narrated by the filmmaker. Her name is Erin Lee Carr. And uh, she was convinced, like, uh, years ago, to make a movie about, like, uh, Britney Spears' uh, artistry and, like, like media uh, portrayal and things like that. And this, this is kind of, like... Uh, when you you watch framing britney spears and you kind of got this like uh explosive testimony hearings and things like that yeah okay this this documentary feels very <sighs> i i think i'm going to read something from 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 uh, uh from the guardian i don't sure. usually do this when, okay. when, 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 but but i that that, that is Maybe one of the things I want to do. Okay, so uh, let's see. Okay, so uh, oddly, the documentary chooses not to place Spears' own words, a rarity for so long, at the start of at the film. Rather, it follows standard chronicle uh, uh, narratives sipping through the success of her, her earliest before coming uh homing into the troubled times. It pours over spears the divorce from Kevin Federline, that was in the movie. In that way it feels very boldly, wild dramatic instruments, music, hymns underneath. It often has the feel of shockingly true crime documentary. Uh yeah. And that is that is the problem. Like anytime she's mentioned uh, there's this like zoom on her face and things like that. I I just, like, I hated this. I am going to give it a a zero. It's just, (laughs) like, it is incredibly frustrating to see because I think Framing Britney Spears was such a good documentary. Okay. This documentary will only hurt her. It's, like, it's also filled with, like, sketchy characters from her past. Like, who the fuck gives uh, two fucks about, like, what Kevin
4: Federline things about this. Like, what the fuck are they doing? Right, yeah, that guy, he's not trustworthy to begin with, right, exactly. No, no, it's just bad.
3: Extremely uncomfortable, I uh, felt.
4: Yeah, I was not in the right headspace this week to be watching Britney stuff, uh, and I feel yeah. like I've done, like, what could they possibly have said in any of these documentaries that I don't already know after right. doing so much research, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree.
3: Uh, let's uh, listen to a trailer called I'm your man. Carson,
4: where's Carson? Hi Alma, I'm Tom.
0: Die testen mich, scannen mein Gehirn.
4: Oh, it's in German. Yeah, it's a German movie.
0: Bus kommt dann dabei
4: raus. Ah, bist du ein Domkopferin? Your eyes are like two mountain lakes I could sink into. Muss zu gehen, sie haben wirklich Geschmack. Yeah, yeah, it's thought
3: provoking. This is your room. Good morning, Alma. This is something, 93% of the deutschen Frauen 93% the 7%. I don't know
4: if it's
1: you, but they Tom like a machine.
4: Woran liegt ihrer that he is a machine? Because he is a machine. Oh. So, I'll return you to the factory.
3: So he's the AI. That's cool.
4: He's a robot man.
3: I didn't know that Dan Stevenson even. was
0: German. Uh,
4: is he? I don't know. Maybe he just speaks German.
0: Er macht uns glücklich. Und was kann schon sein, glücklich zu sein? Doch sind nicht gerade die unerfüllte Sehnsucht. Oh, that's some cute
4: and enough. Our imagination an unending pursuit and the source of our, is the source of our humanity.
3: Can he talk? Tom is <laughs> Is he messing with me?
4: Sorry, I couldn't help that's myself. Cool. That looks... It looks good.
3: Mm-hmm. It reminds me of uh, uh, that movie with... Uh, What's her lady uh, robot AI? Her, her. It kind of reminds me of her.
4: Maybe, except more, because it's an actual yeah. physical. Yeah. yeah. Person. Well, what's uh, what's the word for a mix between a robot and and a f- sentient being? Why am I? Cyborg. Yeah, something. There you go. Cyborg.
3: Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. What is this uh?
4: Oscar-nominated movie all about, Luke. A scientist at the Pergamon Museum in Berlin is persuaded to participate in a study to get funding for her research. For three weeks, she must live with a humanoid robot designed to be her perfect life partner. Okay. Starring Dan Stevenson, Maureen Eggert. Uh, 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, 77% on Metacritic, and 79% of Google users liked it. Yeah, Uh, like someone says here, four stars. I'm your
3: man, another film about AI, consciously love and relationship, basically a romantic drama. Uh, That's cool. Uh, Five stars, intriguing story, terrific cast, wonderful direction, and Stan Stevenson is just amazing. You fall in love with him over and over and over again.
4: Uh, on the IMDb let's see, Mona says 8 out of 10, one of the greatest German movies in a long time normally I don't like most German acting skill because I'm German myself, but this one was yeah. really really good, moreover the story is wonderful, futuristic and it questions the topic of love, relationships and AI I can only recommend to just give it a try, she says uh cool. And then 10 out of 10, a perfect film about perfections and imperfections. Oh, this is from The Beach Life 3. A perfect film about perfections and imperfections of human nature. A very influential yet disturbed woman, Alma, is persuaded into participating in an experiment, uh, and we can contemplate this experiment, which goes perfectly well, or does it?
3: Uh, now for a movie that nobody liked but me, it seems, Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, Evan Hansen is an anxious, isolated high school student who is aching to for understanding and belonging, admits the chaos and cruelty of social media age. His He soon embarks on a journey of self-discovery when a letter he wrote uh, for a writing exercise falls into the hands of a grieving couple. Whose sons took their own life, directed by Steven Koboski uh, with Ben Platt, uh, Caitlin Deaver, and Kate Calton Ryan. Uh, this has uh, 6.1 out of 10 on MDB, 33% on Rotten Tomatoes, 39% on Metacritic, and 77% of Google users like
4: this movie. Uh, solidarity when Isaac wakes up inside a room with no memory of how he got there. He discovers he's a prisoner who was sent into space from Earth's first colony to another planet. The only Mm. thing worse than his fate is his unpredictable ruinous cellmate Alana, who is determined to destroy everything, including Isaac. Uh, 3.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 3 out of 5 on Movie Insider, and 53% of Google users liked it. Uh, starring Wayne Holloway and Lottie Tolhurst. No idea. No, no clue. <laughs> uh, this is the year. Is
3: it the year? This year? It popped uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. In the last ditch effort to win over the girl of his dreams, a nerdy high school senior and his best friends embark to her on a road trip to see their favorite band at the biggest musical festival of the year. Sounds like an amazing, good movie, right? Uh, David Henry, Vanessa, Morano and Greg Salkin is in this. Uh, It has 6 out of 10 on IMDb, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy shit, that's high for a movie that sounds so boring. Um, 5 out of 5 on Movie uh, Insider. And 88% of Google users like this movie. What is going on here?
4: Uh, another m- movie. This is strange. Uh, Outstanding in a Field, the movie. It's a documentary. Filmmaker Patrick Tra- Trafez profiles pioneering artist and chef Jim Denevin, uh, founder of Outstanding in a Field, a radical alternative to conventional dining experience. Uh, hmm. It's only got... F- only rating is 5 out of 5 on iTunes. Oh, yeah. You know, iTunes—the most
3: trusted source of movies.
4: Right. I'm feeling they have, uh, they have, a reason probably since if they're probably getting paid, uh, probably because they're iTunes. Yeah. Uh, which movie do you want to see the most? <sighs> I'm looking at the thing for outstanding in field. This actually does kind of look interesting. It's like you. It's like a dining experience where you literally eat in a field i wonder uh, mm-hmm. maybe they like prepare it out of the field hmm. um i think i'm your man is probably the one i, s- I want to see the most i am curious if this
3: is the year since it's like it sounds so extremely standard and has got so good new reviews oh okay
4: yeah <laughs> like
3: those two things doesn't really like go together uh, next week we will talk of News of the Week, TV and Movies of the Week, we will do a digital another digital review of the new mu- Jesus music, is that going to be about how they made Ya, my lord, do
4: you think? Uh, yeah, must be. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's a, it's g- got to be something like that. Uh, Squid
3: Game episode 3 review I'm very
4: much looking forward to that Yeah, it should be good Yeah Uh,
3: Let's go over to uh, what I would Call a Jeremy round look Because a lot has Happened in the Jeremy round H3H3 Came back um, With a bang I would say uh, With a new show What is the new show called?
4: Uh, the Is it Leftovers or The left? I think it's called Leftovers. Leftovers, and it is with Hassan
3: Piker. Mm-hmm. Right. Something I am not very
4: happy about, to be completely honest. <laughs> I... It sounds... Well, we'll see how long it lasts, but... D- it, hopefully... Well, I don't know. People are... Even in the comments on the show that I the comments that I saw, it was very mixed reaction. Some people were not happy mm-hmm. about it. Some people were really into it. Um, but I think it just kind of depends on how you feel about Hassan. I've never really mm-hmm. been a big fan. I've even said that on the show before. No. I wasn't a fan no. of him before he was on Twitch. And then when he got mm-hmm. on Twitch, uh, he's better on there than he was when he was with the Young Turks. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's, he's always just kind of rubbed me the wrong way as like a figure. Um mm-hmm. And the other thing is, I well, I want to say that there's not really a lot of chemistry between the two of them, but, it, like, it's the first show, so I don't want to, like, hang too much on that, right? So... Because, I mean, chemistry is built over time. Mm. Uh, look, you have to tell me uh, about this PewDiePie video,
3: because I can't watch it.
4: <laughs> right, uh, the PewDiePie video. What was it called? Uh, Norwegians can't watch this, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. It was all about um, what, mostly about the fact that uh, they Norway used to be owned by Sweden, and then they sold it, sold part of it, and then the Norwegians were like, "Oh yeah, by the way, we have a ton of oil and we're super rich." (laughs) Mm -hmm. That was mostly what it was about. Do you want some of our oil? No, said
3: Sweden. Are you sure? Is that not right? Yes, said Sweden. Mm-hmm. Right,
4: yeah. Uh, yeah, very, fu- we want to keep very our funny
3: cars. video. We want to keep our cars. Very important to keep our car. Oh, right, the Volvo yes.
4: thing, right. Yeah. Right, which they ended up selling so later anyways. Yep. <laughs> Smart move on Sweden's part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very. a good video. Uh, did you see the never video about family channels I mean I did I think that's been a, the topic of discussion ever since that lady mm. made you know made the thumbnail with her kid crying and then we you know there's the whole ace family thing and they're losing their house and mm. how is that going to affect their kids because they're horrible people and uh, yeah should family channels be allowed around is like kind of the mm. question right now is, is it exploited ex- exploiting the kids just for money and really hurting them in the long run? Uh, I think it's debatable depending on which channel you're talking about, but overall, mm-hmm. I can see a reason why um, those kind of YouTube videos should not be allowed because there are, yeah, like, there's sh- or at least there should be laws to protect those kids. Mm-hmm. Like, did you see? Yeah, sorry. Like being able, maybe putting, if if you're making money using a family channel, there should be like a law that a percentage of that has to go into a trust for the children when they turn 18 or something. That's my thought. Yeah. If and then there are already laws for like kid actors in Hollywood. Those are also should probably be applied to this kind of thing. I don't know though.
1: Mm.
3: Did you see Tyron Woodley getting an "I Love Jake Paul" tattoo?
4: Well, I saw the, I saw a picture of it. I didn't see him get the tattoo, but I saw the reaction, Jake Paul's reaction to it, which was kind That's of, so I mean, douchey, but what, it's Jake Paul. Of course, he's going to be douchey. Uh, I, the whole thing was, as I'm to understand, the whole thing was if he gets the tattoo, a rematch will happen. That was like the deal yep. they made. So that means there's yep. going to be a rematch, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but that's that's what Jake Paul said. They made a deal like and they said it was like a I mean, it's not legally binding or anything, but there was a verbal agreement there, so I agree. Did you watch Video Game Donkeys reaction to the Mario movie? Oh, no. Well, I saw the oh, uh, I saw the original or no, the second one. I didn't see his original like live stream of it. Because there was, like, the original live stream of him, like, reacting, and then he made a video that was, like, him doing, like, the prank phone call stuff. That, I I saw that, yeah. That was so funny. Yeah, it was a good video, yeah. He's very, very funny. Uh, Did you see the... I didn't even finish it last night, because I didn't even notice it was there until, like, I was about to go to bed. So I actually watched most of what I saw of it while I was falling asleep. But the Swell Entertainment interview... With the Tanacon guy, no, she did two plus hour interview with Mike the Ooh. the Michael what whatever his name is the uh I need to the, see that uh, he's called the Segway guy from Tanacon yes 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 and she grills him like it's so she is this interview style where she's like leads him on and is, he's she, he's just like digging his own grave slowly and she's like mm-hmm. mm hmm mm hmm okay all right. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> just like letting him just kind of slowly dig himself into a hole. Um, yeah, it's pretty From what I've seen, like I said, it's two, ou- two plus hours. I think I saw maybe the first hour, almost hour of it. So I need to finish it myself. But it's, it's good so far. I really need to watch that. Yeah, it was just too long for me to finish last night because I didn't notice yeah. it until... Uh, because I was... I didn't notice it until after I watched La Brea because I had to watch that live to get to, so I could see it for the show today. So Did you really have to watch that I live? Di- I didn't have to, <laughs> but like we said, I, want, I wanted the show to be good. So I did want to watch it live because I actually did want yeah, to see yeah. the show. Because the concept, they could have done so something. Good. Yeah, they could have had it be a good show. It just wasn't a good show. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm seeing an article here. Uh, dollar Tree, known for its one dollar deals, is raising its prices in America.
3: <laughs> oh no! What the shock?
4: It's so stupid because you go into any Dollar Tree, they already have things that cost more than yeah. a dollar. This yeah. this is a stupid article that like, I don't know if these people have been living under a rock or will, they've just not been in a do- Dollar Tree. Probably they just mm. never go go to Dollar Tree.
3: <laughs> yeah, no.
4: It's like. I, I, I find it, it,
3: it like we had those things in Norway as, as well. We had something called the Tenor. Uh, that's like a store that's uh, years ago, like okay. Time. But if you want to get something really like cheap, to, according to Norwegian standards, right. we have a shop called Nilla. Uh, that's Nille. That's N I L L E. Okay. Nille, um, and it's it's like it, it's like uh, nips and naps and like cheap nip naps that's where you go if you want the extremely cheap of uh like uh, reading glasses for example
4: yeah the dollar store is the same it's like a lot of cheap chinese plastic Mm -hmm. garbage but then there's also uh, there's certain things that like if you want some cheap wrapping paper that you just you don't want a whole lot of it but you just want enough for like a birthday or whatever for somebody Mm -hmm. you can get some cheap wrapping paper or paper plates for like a party or something there's certain things there that like it's totally worth going to the dollar store for there's other things it's like you're never gonna buy pots and pans at the dollar store even though they probably sell them because they would probably light on fire if you tried to use them on the stove (laughs) yeah anyways uh i don't have anything more Uh, let's see anything anything else in here uh YouTube family channels, Mr. B. Oh, here's the thing. Chinese, uh, the Chinese government is, Chinese parents are like enrolling their kids in jump rope tutoring because apparently uh, there's no longer playground activities. The Chinese government is introducing physical education requirements that include national jump rope exams. From oh. the Chinese. I thought that was very strange.
3: Oh, Elvis the Alien had a good video about Karen the movie.
4: Oh, yeah. I didn't watch that yet either. I, I kind of want to see the movie Karen before I watch the Elvis video. Yeah. Sometimes I like to watch those videos after I've seen the film. And other yeah. times it's like, I'm not going to watch that movie. I might as well just watch the video. But I think I'd want to see Karen. I don't know. Do you want to see it? Maybe we'll watch no. it together sometime. Oh no, you're not gonna watch it. Okay, I kind of want to see yeah, it. Not into it. Uh, other than that, it
3: will be very fun when Dog the Banter Hunter finds the missing vlogger. I
4: was. Uh, oh right, it, like week. the the parents of the guy were like so pissed that he showed up at their house. They're like suing him, I think, or they they were yeah. they wanted to charge him, I think, for like trespassing or something. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Doug the Banter Hunter is like, what year is this? <laughs>
4: Not only that, I mean, wasn't it just like a few months ago that his daughter came out and said he was racist and said he was like a horrible person? Like, maybe you should just kind of, you know, stay in the background for a little bit there, dog. The big, god, dog, dog,
3: the bounty hunter. I've seen every episode of that.
4: I've I've seen episodes. I haven't seen every episode. I always thought that show was really I've silly.
3: Every single episode. I also saw the show he did with his wife when
4: his wife uh, got cancer, and I cried like a little girl. I remember that, that whole. I remember it? that whole thing. It was very big. That was when it was yeah. a really big show too. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I remember that. Anyway.
3: Uh, with uh, that red edition of Dog the Bounty Hunter's song, I think it's uh, to, time to say goodbye, isn't it? I think so. Uh, yeah, let's uh, do six more years, look. Okay. Bye, everybody.
4: Goodbye, everybody. Bye, bye, everybody. Another, digi- another, digi-
1: another digital citizen.
0: Another digital c- good citizen.
1: Another digital citizen.
0: Another digital
1: citizen.